you need. He's he's got. Please all the don't jokes. get me the same picture with him. Be bad for my <laughs> hey, Kenny. You're going to be famous, Kenny. Kenny, we Ken. hear that you are the golf joke expert. Uh, I do have a couple of golf jokes. <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear them. I need your your best joke. Oh, that's a great. That was best a good joke one. or best okay. joke? <laughs> there's this guy is stranded on a desert island. And he wakes up and there's this beautiful woman there and he says, Oh, thank God, I'm in civilization. She says, uh, She says, No, no, I've been here for three years. He drowned again. And he says, um, He says, Three years? She says, Yeah. He says, But you look beautiful. She says, Well, I found some wool and flax on the island. I've made myself some clothes. So she says, Come up to the house. He says, The house? She says, yeah, I built a house. My, my family were all carpenters. So they go up to the house, and he's looking at it. He's got bedrooms now. Oh, my God. He says, would you like some? She says, would you like something to eat? He says, sure. She said, steak be okay? He says, steak? She says, yeah, I found some cows on the island. I've domesticated them. You want a steak? She says, yeah. There's a baked potato. There's broccoli. He says, you're amazing. She says, would you like a drink? He says, sure. He says, uh, like coconut juice? She says, no, a real drink, like rum or something. He says, you have rum? She says, sure, I've been here a long time. So he's sitting drinking and drinking. She says, after he's eating and drinking, she says, you know, I've been on the island a long time. Would you like to play around? He says, you built a golf course? <laughs> That's one of the best golf That's you've ever seen. <laughs> That was good. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Larry. This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. Texas, you're hot, you're good looking, it's badder, it's bolder. It's the Houston Open, and the Cutline is going to break down this week's PGA Tour event. We are on the cusp, the precipice, the tournament eve of the Masters Championship at Augusta National. Oh, the entering the final week before we see that major in November. I still find that little wrinkle such an interesting narrative, but we can't get too ahead of ourselves. Hello, Canada. Hello, Australia. Hello, USA. Hello, UK. Hello, Ireland, Spain. Lithuania, New Zealand, South Africa, and Indiana, we still don't like you. And a big shout out to our new head honcho in terms of favorite listenership city, Beantown, Boston, Massachusetts. I love Boston. The whole entire East Coast is often one of my favorite trips, just the seafood, history, of course, golf. Gotta love the golf. And now the cut line is here to give you the best analysis for DraftKings and PJ Daily fantasy sports houston we have a problem you knew that was coming but do the cut line a favor subscribe 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 on any median or mode that you listen to this podcast and then slam the like button give us five stars give us no stars whatever you want we just want you to subscribe and it's the quickest way to find out what's new with the cut line including a little website that should be launching very soon. Plus, if you don't like it, unsubscribe. Easy enough, easy fix. It's just a click of a mouse button. Come on, guys. 
Now, the cut line continues to do great things for daily fantasy sports, and growing your bankroll on a weekly basis is just one of them. But we could not do this without our sponsor. Hi, I'm Mike Wallace with a sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffo, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Thelma Styra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffo. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow Fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get golden Fluffo. Look, let's face it, it's pie season, and other than the fact that we had an Indiana State Fair pie champion on the commercial, we all know that November is here. We're going to make that peach pie for Augusta, and on Turkey Day, maybe some apple pie or blueberry pie. Uh, I don't know. And for those of you that like to waste time on pie, pumpkin pie, which is probably the worst possible pie. I hate pumpkin pie. Either way, it's pie time and no better way than with the Procter & Gamble new pie crust in a can. You pop it, you bake it, and then you taste it. What a dream. It's better than grandma's. Welcome to The Cut Line. I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. New direction, modified process, revamped model, and... We're seeing the six of six through again. These positives are going to continue. I'm looking forward to this somewhat quote-unquote loaded field in preparation for the masters all right so we're gonna go straight into our good bad and the ugly all right the good gambling okay ollie top five check danny mccarthy top five check Stuart sink top five check doc redmond top five check kramer hickok top 10 check oh these were all bets that I had. Now, what's funny is that I picked all these guys to win last week. And, of course, Brian Gay comes out of nowhere to take the tournament. Just shows you how random golf is. When we look at the bad from last week, and I know we didn't necessarily have a show, but, you know, I did play some guys. And my bad is going to be HV3. I didn't play a lot of them, but, God, was he awful. He didn't really cost or sink my lineups. I still ended up min-cashing. But um, it's quite all right. And then the ugly, I had a lineup with Stenson, and he ended up withdrawing. And, and that, that was just more nostalgia, but it really wasn't a heavy week for me. I think I'm going to continue with the same process this week, and I'm going all out next week, okay? So um, the cut line's here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Houston Open. And we're going to make sure that we do the best we can. <laughs> I like this guy. Make sure that you're creating your best lineups, caching lineups, tournament lineups for Sunday. 
We'll be sure to bring in timely wax, green side sun traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And the goal of the cut line is to make sure you're creating winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names and scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through the cut line. So, you need leverage? I know that on Wednesday night, I'm going to be checking out Fanshare Sports. Even with my own personal ownership projections, I know that a second opinion is incredibly important. The guys I trust, Fanshare Sports. So, if you're not subscribed, there's a very, very easy fix. Go to FanshareSports.com, put in all your information, and then in the discount option, write the word cutline. All one word, and you'll be able to get 20% off your monthly membership. Remember, over ownership is not a leverage to be belittled. And a big shout out and special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide for golf fans and PGA DFS enthusiasts. Both are helping create draftees, create unique lineups based on key stats and analysis. And if you need to figure out who's struggling week in and week out, more than likely it's because you are not using Fanshare Sports, more than likely because you're not even looking at the PGA Tour website, and more than likely you're not using Fantasy National. You're ending up on the wrong end of the flagstick, so I ask you, how are your lineups doing? It is the Houston Open, new month, new place in the PGA Tour schedule as they were eliminated last year. And a new course, Memorial Park, baby. Yeah, what are the golfers looking at here? Truth is that they don't even know, but I will say this. This course plays for $55 publicly with a cart included. I don't even think I've paid like less than $55 here in Chi-Town. So we're going to look at Memorial Park the best we can. Basically, we're looking at a long course, 7,430-some yards, with Bermuda grass greens, Bermuda fairways, and Bermuda rough, with four water hazards, 19 total bunkers. A, more than likely, we're going to see that this course is set up for Augusta-type style. So we're going to have a very, very bit faster than average greens, plus a lot of runoff off the greens. And I would assume that the rough is going to be a shad shaggier than normal. So there will be some precedent on players finding the fairway. Now, key stats that I'm looking at this week are very simple. The first being driving distance. The length of this course screams driving distance, but I do want to round it out, right? So I'm going to look at approach. I'm going to look at ball striking. I think those are very key stats. In addition to that, looking at the Houston Open, strokes gained, tee to green, birdie or better gained, scrambling. I'm kind of just doing an overview of the entire course, and I think I'll really narrow in on my process. When I look around the rest of the industry and see what everyone else seems to be focusing on, and that's one thing you can do at Fedger Sports, look and see what the big tags are coming in at, who is going to play what key stat, and that is a way to differentiate your lineups. Weather-wise, mm, not too scary this weekend in Houston, wind about six miles per hour tops. It's going to be interesting because you have some very, very surprising pricing here in this field. two putts from victory only needs one Ooh, got a member's bounce there boys that's birdie all day long so this will take us to our birdie and better segment where we're going to break down the top tier all the way down to 7k for DraftKings. and my oh my is this top grouping 
interesting to say the least. Looking at DJ, 11.5, Tony Finau, Brooks Kepka, Terrell Hatton, and Hideki Matsuyama. Now, looking at these guys historically, like they're all solid plays. In my overall stat model, DJ rates number five. Brooks Kepka ranks number four. Hideki Matsuyama ranks number 16. And of course, Finau and Hatton just don't seem to really pop anywhere in this model for me. But I know they're elite plays, especially when you look at the field. They're all great approach players, scorers, and everything of that nature. But I got concerns about all of them. Everything going on next week says don't play these guys, right? They are going to prep for the Masters. That's what we're looking at. These guys are not necessarily here to go all out. Of course, if they're in the top five on Sunday, they're going to compete. They want the money. They want to win. They're, they're competitive by nature. But it's about next week. So I do have a hard time just saying, hey, pay up for DJ, pay up for Finau, pay up for Kepka, pay up for Hatton and Matsuyama. This, of course, is going to be the week that like Matsuyama wins, right? He's going to troll everyone, putt like crazy, and then he's going to go, you know, super high ownership next week because of recent form and just stink it up. But honestly, all, all these guys are solid plays, but I have concerns about all of them. Dustin Johnson was really affected by COVID-19. He had some serious effects, and we were concerned about maybe even his ability to practice, okay? Tony Finau. Since his comeback from Tony uh, from COVID nineteen has been very streaky, very like ups and downs. Like we saw him at the Zozo get eleventh place, and 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 that was nice. And, and round one was phenomenal, but then round two and three questionable at best. And then of course he came back on Sunday. I like Finau in this spot, but at ten nine you need him to top five again. It's a concern of mine. Brooks Kepka, we're well aware of the knee issues that he's currently had at the CJ Cup. He finished twenty eighth. He looked good, but again, is he prepping for next? weekend remember he almost won it he almost won it until tiger woods just came out of nowhere it was the perfect storm for tiger and of course you look at hat in recent form 28th at the zozo third at the cj cup and of course matsuyama 28th and 21st now these were no cut events at the zozo and the cj cup so re remember they were making the cup uh decky though disappointed the shriners a very easy course and he missed the cut when you look at these guys in terms of my confidence model Okay. Second for DJ, six for Brooks. The rest of the three are in the top 20, top 30. So I don't have a lot of confidence in this range. I would say, I'm not going to say don't play these guys, right? Like I, that's terrible advice. They're, they're all the best, most elite golfers in the field. But the fact is that they need to finish top five. You're kind of curious where their head's at. Again, that's a narrative. It's all speculation. It's how I'm looking at this. But the fact that Right now, I'm projecting DJ to be one of the top-owned guys. It just it just screams like, don't play these guys, right? Don't play these guys. You need them to finish top five. I don't know. Uh, I'm not on board. Look at the 9K range. I got Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, and Sung J.M. We're going to start with Sung J.M. because I think he's my favorite play of these three. In my overall stats model, he ranks number 14. But in my aggregate model which is really waiting more recent form. He is number one. My confidence model, number two. Not only going to play him in DFS, I'm going to bet him like crazy. He has one of my favorite swings. I understand that the Zozo CJ Cup, he finished in the middle, like in the 40, 41st, 45th, right? And that was four days of playing. I don't know if he really fit those style of courses. This course is much easier. It's longer. He's going to be hitting those lower irons. 
He finished 13th at the Shriners, 28th at Sanderson Farms. That's four straight made cuts there with an average finishing place of 32. I love Sungjae at this price point, especially at 9,300. I do think he's going to be high owned, like somewhere in the mid-link teens and everything of that nature, but I can eat that. I'm okay with that. It's not the super chalk, and you do got to eat this. Now, in the last 36 rounds, Sungjae's stats. He's fourth off the tee, fifth in approach, 23rd in birdies or better gained, second in ball striking, sixth in strokes gained tee to green, and number one in good drives. I think it's important to be hitting from the fairway this weekend, and with Sungjae, I'm going to be all in. So Hovland and Scotty Scheffler. Hovland, I'm hoping, gets a little bit lower ownership. I'm just kind of curious how the ownership, uh, how the rest of the industry kind of talks him up. And, of course, Scotty Scheffler is a DraftKings scoring machine. He's like baby Tony Finau, right? He just scores birdies. And then if he's off his game, he's going to burn you all weekend long because he's just not scoring. He's getting bogeys. Now, missed the cut at the Shriners. We all remember that. I was pretty heavily invested in that. And he's just been really off since his comeback from COVID-19. He just hasn't been the same Scotty Scheffler that we saw last year, but there were some sparks last weekend. Look, he finished 17th. I'm sorry, two weekends ago. He finished 17th at the Zozo. 17th at the Zozo, which is pretty good, solid, considering the, the you know, who you're playing with. Um, Putting is always an issue with Scotty Scheffler, but when you look at it, he lost almost four strokes putting, finished 17th, but he gained strokes. Eighth tee to green, six and a half off the tee, almost a half on approach, and it was a very good around the green. So if he is missing greens this weekend and they're running off into the, into the rough, I do anticipate a decent round and a decent comeback by Scotty Scheffler. Moving on to the last guy in this, in, in this category, and he's my least favorite of the three I like, and that's Victor Hovland. Hovland, questionable suspect at back. 47th at the Zozo, 12th at the CJ Cup. So, so you've got back-to-back tournaments, no cuts, similar courses and styles where you just didn't get the same Victor Hovland. So he, maybe he's trying to figure something out, put things together. But the fact is he ranks fourth in my confidence model. That's pretty big to get a $9,800 guy. And when you're going down to this $9,000 range, you're kind of just fading that 6K range, and I think that's my play. I just want to play strong players from the 9K range down to the 7K range just so I can get more equity in higher-scoring golfers. Now, I get the volatility that you get from Stars and Scrubs, but like I said before, I don't have the interest in that top-tier range. So, continuing on, looking at Victor Hovland, in the last thirty, uh, last 24 rounds, t- uh, 19th off the tee, 24th in approach, 33 in birdies or better gain. That's probably my one major concern is that, yeah, he's in the top half of scoring. And it's not a huge differential to be in that top half. But is that something that's kind of due to recent form? Or is that something where we're looking at just a player who uh, might be struggling with some things? So it- it's curious to note that. Um, of these three, though, Victor Hovland for sure is my least favorite play. All right, the 8K range. Again, this 8K range, 7K range, it's where it's where your bread and butter is. It's where your lineups are going to be made. You need these guys to just come out of nowhere, top 5, top 10, however else you want to look at it. I'm looking at this 8K range, and I love it, okay? You got Doc Redman, Corey Connors, Zach Johnson, Siwoo Kim, and Cameron Davis. Um, I think a lot of people are going to go to Stuart Sink, and don't get me wrong, his recent form has been great, but I just think of all the guys that I mentioned, he doesn't necessarily fit the course the best here compared to the rest of them. 
So starting with uh, Doc Redman. Redman has been awesome. Okay, my overall stat model ranks number seven. In scoring, ranks number seven. In approach, ranks number six. In fairways, number eight. You look at his recent form, he did miss a cut at the Shriners, but fourth place at the Bermuda, 28th at the Sanderson Farms. You look at his recent history, people might look at that and not realize we're at a different course. He finished 13th in the Houston Open before um, two years ago. But when you look at my projection model, he ranks eighth overall compared to Dustin Johnson, who's number one. You're getting Doc Redman pretty discounted, in my opinion. I mean, you do have some great players above him, but when Lanto Griffin is $100 more than him, and I get how good Lanto's been playing, Doc Redman's been on fire. I think he's a better play. He fits this course so much better, okay? And it's 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 going to be where I'm going to be playing a lot of time and money to him. Now, if you look at his last five rounds 3.8 strokes gained total 3.8 strokes gained t to green the only place he's lost strokes is around the green it's been minimal 0.2 0.2 so we're looking at just a doc redman who's on point he's on his game bermuda not his strongest putting surface but i'm okay with that and i mean it's it's not poa where he's terrible he's terrible on poa so we don't have to deal with that all right moving on to Corey connor's and this is an interesting play because Corey Connors is someone I used to like love going to, especially in this spot. At 8,700, it's going to be lower ownership. Okay. It's, it, it is. It's just going to be lower ownership. But the fact being is that his recent form has not been very good. Right. He, he missed the cut at the CJ Cup in eighth place at the Zozo. He's as ups and downs. He missed the cut at Corrales, but at Sanderson Farms, he, he was at 17th place. So, like, it's kind of almost like hit or miss, and it's not, and nothing's ever guaranteed in PGA. But the fact being that it's so volatile, I think in a lot of ways, is going to suppress his ownership. Okay. So, looking at it from that kind of build standpoint, if people are going stars and scrubs, they're not going to get a lot of Corey Connors in their lineups. It's just not going to happen. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bite the bullet on it. I like Corey Connors in this spot. I think he fits this course very well. Even looking at uh, Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric, he ranks number 38th, and I like targeting those guys because there's a lot of positive things there. And, and I'm projecting them right now for under 10% ownership. So. Going down to Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson's been pretty, pretty popular lately, but um, he's not finishing the way you'd want. At 8,600, I think people are going to fade him because they're paying too much for him. But look, 23rd place finish at Sanderson Farms, 19th place finish at the Shriners. He's great in approach, ranks third in my in my, in my metric. Great putting on the surface. Of course, in the overall model, kind of suspect, but I'm okay with that because I do think he fits this course style, and he ranks 13th in my confidence model. Siwoo Kim is another guy that I'm probably going to bet pretty heavily. Um, in terms of like the course style projection, he ranks in the top 20. In my overall stat model, though, he ranks 43rd, and that is a big problem with him simply because of the putting on Bermuda. Siwoo tends to struggle on this, on this surface, so if you are going to take Siwoo Kim, I'm most definitely going to bet him and put him in the betting market a lot more than I am in my DFS lineups. The last guy I'm going to mention in the $8,100 is Cameron Davis. I love Cam. 
I love him. First of all, he is arguably the best putter on tour. And if you haven't noticed, he's putting his game together. Sixth place at the Sanderson Farms, 52nd at the Shriners. When you look at his game off the tee in the last 12 rounds, 37th in this field, 15th in approach, okay? In scoring, he's number one. Camp Davis looks like a solid play and almost a steal at 8,100. Where my concerns grow, though, are the projection model. Projection model has him like 62nd, which I don't like. Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric, 107th. And you can find that stat on Fanshare Sports. Yet my confidence model, he's number 18 in my aggregate ranking, number 4. Cam Davis, a volatile play, but someone that I will have pieces of in my DFS lineups. Probably not going to bet him, though. Not going to bet him. That's just that's just a waste. Um, going down to that 7K range, again, you're looking at a loaded, loaded, loaded 7K, but I'm, I'm keeping it pretty tight this weekend. So Denny McCarthy, HV3, Van Ruyen, Wyndham Clark, Charlie Hoffman, and Adam Shank. Adam Shank is just a no-cut play. The guy hasn't missed a cut in God knows how long, so I'm most definitely going to take my pieces of Adam Shank. I think it's a solid play. But we're going to go back up top to HV3. He burned so many people last weekend. Now, is it his recent form? Was it the wind? You don't really know. But when you look at my overall stat model, he ranks number 13 overall, 39th in scoring, 15th in approach, and 30th off the tee. I like those odds. Now, historically, not doing so well at the Houston Open, but guess what? We're not playing at that same course. The miscut at the Bermuda, I'm going to take it as an anomaly. I'm going to call it a wind factor, weather factor, and it's okay. I'm good with it. All right, going to Denny McCarthy now. Denny McCarthy, incredible putter, incredible scorer when the putter's hot, but then terrible with his irons, terrible off the tee. Rumor has it that the guy has a new swing coach, and it's shown fourth at the Bermuda, 57th at the Shriners, 6th at the Sanders Farms, 41st at the Corrales. These were all cut events. Okay, Historically here at the Houston Open, different field, different tournament, has a ninth place finish and a 43rd place finish with no missed cuts. So you got a lot of things going on here. Projection-wise, 11th. He ranks 11th overall in my projection model. Now, looking at his recent form, over the last 36 rounds, where's he at? Where's he at? McCarthy, 27th overall in my model. 29th in approach. 6th in birdies are better gained. And top 40 or top 30 from ball striking, tee to green, good drives, and driving distance. He's putting it together. I'm going to ride the McCarthy train. I'm going to do it for a long time. Um, the guy's coming around. All right, so the last three guys I want to mention, and I'm not going to go in too much detail on them, is Van Ruyen, Wyndham Clark, and Charlie Hoffman. We've seen how well Clark's been playing, and the second-place finish shows that last weekend, so I'm going to most definitely go back to that. Similar to um, other plays in the past, like Morikawa, when he finished in second to JT, went right back to him. I think Wyndham Clark has something going well for his game, so I'm going to go back to that. Um, Charlie Hoffman. Very different situation. Two straight miscuts from a sixth place and a 14th. We know how streaky Charlie Hoffman gets, and I'm okay with that. But look, he struggles off the tee, struggles in approach, but is a scorer and a great putter. And my overall stat model here ranks 10th, and my confidence ranks 56. So he is a volatile play, but I do think he fits this course very well, and you're getting him at good at, at good odds. And of course, Van Ruyen, uh, I'm most definitely going to bet him heavy, and I think he's just underpriced at 7700 7700 is a 
cheap for a guy who's going to rank top 30 in my uh, fairway model, approach model, and scoring model. And we're just hoping for that hot putter. That's what we're looking here for the for the 7K Eric Van Ruyen. And going back to Shank, again, just doesn't miss cuts. All right, so most definitely, definitely, definitely going to go back to Adam Shank. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. So this takes us to the cut lines signature segment. Can't do it. Won't do it. And these are golfers that we project to, to be over 10% owned that we can not play. And I really don't think it's going to be a surprise here, but it is the upper 10K tier. We're pulling a Zach Manaford here. We are not playing the top dogs. I have no Matsuyama, no Hatton, no Kepka, no Finau, no DJ. I want to see them prep for the Masters. I even want some of them to do extremely well to boost that ownership next weekend. I don't think we've ever seen a tournament before the Masters this loaded. And typically we see like Ricky Fowler here, and we're not even seeing him this weekend. So it'll be interesting. I would even love it if like like Kepka or Finau missed the cut so it suppresses their ownership last weekend, next weekend. But we'll see. And honestly, these are my fades here, guys. Over 10% owned for all these. Right now, we're looking at DJ 20%. Finau is going to get popular up to 18%. Hatton is going to be super popular for his recent form, but I'm just not buying this Terrell Hatton anymore at 10,300. No, thank you. No, thank you at 20% ownership. So those are my can't do it's. <laughs> Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut, miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut, miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> a monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. All right, so a little heads up. Will Gordon's coming in at 11%, and I think he's a fantastic play. And I'm at my threshold for for Will Gordon because I don't like playing double-digit chalk. I might play pieces of him. I'm okay with that, but I am going to bet heavy on Will Gordon so I don't feel bad if he is super successful here at this course. Um, I'm going to do an each way on Will Gordon. He is like a super, super long shot, but that's where I'm going to go with Will Gordon. But my monster here the player i finish who who will finish in the top 25 is johnny vegas this is a course that he just really fits and my overall stat model ranks sixth overall 13th in my scoring model and of course we just need a solid approach game from johnny vegas to be successful he's most definitely never a popular play and when he is he typically fails but let's hope for some upside here with johnny vegas top 25 or better um he's gonna be my monster so my guarantees are going to be Carlos Ortiz, and I think he's just guaranteed to make the cut. You you look at him overall in terms of how he's recently been playing, and just like anyone in this range, we have like miscut, miscut at Sanford Farms and the Shriners, but then did really just okay at the no-cut no events like the CJ Cup and the Zozo. So hopefully, potentially, he found something there. Um, we'll see after that. Uh, I would not mind going to Molinari here in terms of like a GPP only play just because 
we know his pedigree and we just know how bad he's been lately. So if you do want to play Molinari, I, I would not be opposed to it, especially in an MME. Um, continuing on, looking at guys like Sabatini, Hostler, those are guys that I'm have some interest in, not a ton, but potential like cut makers, Scott Stallings. But I do think Scott Stallings is going to be a little bit too popular. Um, other popular plays in this 6K range, someone like Mark Hubbard. Mark Hubbard could potentially be another double-digit 6K guy. And I get it with the name and, and kind of like I just don't think the course style fits here. And then, of course, the 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 last guy I want to mention in the 6K range, Graham DeLitt. Um, he's only 6,100. And for whatever reason, you know, we have limited sample sizes. Don't get me wrong. But he's popping in my overall stat model in the top 20 in the aggregate model, top 35. Not really shown here in the like confidence model, but again, if you really need to get down on the 6100, Graham Dillette's a play that I'm looking at. The Canadian special right there. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. So that's it. It's over. It's all over. Cut line breaks down the Houston Open. Join us next week as we break down the Masters at Augusta National. Ooh, scary good. All right. Big shout out to Fantasy National. A special thanks to PGA Tour. And of course, a huge, huge, huge thanks to Fanshare Sports. But the most gratitude goes out to you, the listener. We appreciate you taking that time to listen. Spend time with us, your precious, precious time. Make sure that you guys subscribe. Give us a like here or there. Uh, let's go, man. Let, let's, let's smash on Sunday. That'll do it for the cut line. Go get those wins.